The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. And now, here's Brandon. Welcome back to the old space show. I am Brandon. And this, my friends, my listeners, fellow podcasters, producer Brad Shoemaker, hello. And hi to my wife and everybody. This is my co-captain for you, Jim. (laughs) Thank you very much. That's quite an introduction. I'm touched. I feel like I don't do enough. This installment of Old Space Show continues our episode-by-episode travelogue through the second season of Space 1999. We're at the moon. Jim, it's been knocked out of orbit. Oh, my God. And it's wandering through outer space. Yeah. uh, The population of its human-built colony, they're hoping to stumble upon a new home. Today, we're talking about the 10th episode, New Adam, New Eve. A saintly, impressive figure claims to be God, the creator of mankind. He offers Koenig and his companions a new Earth, a new Eden, where life can begin again. But who is he really? And what are the fantastic powers he possesses? All right, this one is directed by our man, Charles Crichton. Yeah, we know that. We know that pretty well. Written by Terrence, not touchy, but feely, and guest stars guy rolf mr feely the writer he's uh he'll do three more episodes of this season he wrote for the saint the avengers and the new avengers he did jim awesome street cred here two episodes of the prisoner nice. and uh he did jerry anderson's ufo and i i don't know what this is but i love the title of this show this old british show called armchair mystery theater Ooh, nice yeah, it's when armchairs get murdered and they have to have be you know have their murder solved. Who yes. killed this armchair? It was you. Let's talk about Guy Rolf though. First Ms. of all, Miss Marple, the recliner person, like Miss Marple right. Kleiner. Uh, yeah, Rolf, star of Ivanhoe. This guy, his voice sounds so much like John Carradine's voice. Oh, it does. That yeah. when I first started watching this episode, I swear I thought it was John Carradine. Mm. I mean, his voice has that same timbre, that same delivery. It just really kind mm-hmm. of blew me away. And then I realized where I recognized him from. He's Andre Toulon from yeah. the Puppet Master movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. And he was in uh, Dolls. So he had a little yeah. Charles Band career there going. Right. You Full Moon fans out there. And he was uh, he was in that uh, Sting and Jennifer Beals movie, The Bride. I remember uh, that. That Frankenstein one. Yeah, uh, he was in that. Of course, and of course, an esteemed career in British television and film, which actually he did a lot of regular, like non-British television and film as well. He's got a pretty large career, even if our highlights are Puppet Master. He's he was some... he was also on Armchair Theater. Armchair Theater, yes. And now Hamlet. 
uh, being acted by two Chippendale armchairs. Yeah. <laughs> Body uh, on sketch in the making. Oh, totally. Surprised they didn't. No, this one opens with a strange disturbance. Of course, we always got to have strange disturbances. Oh, wait, we got another Helena's log. We do. It does open Helena's log. It's 1,095 days. Ooh. Oh, so uh, it causes alpha sensors to react wildly and also causes dis- disorientation, headaches, and fainting among the crew, which viewing this thing in the screen, I said, ah, psychedelia. Yeah, no doubt. It was like they were being attacked by uh, theatrical gel lights. It was right. Like- <laughs> and then all the crews like freaking out feeling weird like getting space migraines for some reason i'm like yeah well you know you look at screens all day that's what happens after as it the disturbance fades a being appears on the screen and when asked who he is he says oh i'm god oh no, okay. we get it we get a um an actual like spielbergian shot here when he says that because there's a dramatic swell of music and you get a shot of the entire uh, alpha cast kind of looking just off of the camera <laughs> Like off to the right of the camera in wonder at mm-hmm. these like lights and this guy saying he was God. And the, the only line I could think of when he said he was God, uh, was like, uh, from, um, Avengers, but mm-hmm. Captain America said, there's only one God, ma'am. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> Cause this guy looks like you ordered Ozymandias from wish. Oh, I, I have like, <laughs> he is, the, he is like the cult of blue oyster cult. Like he is, he is attending a meeting. <laughs> I have him as uh, Thanos, or not Thanos, Manos, uh, like fancy, uh, <laughs> fancy better dressed Manos. brother. <laughs> I'm sorry, I also have an escaped extra from Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he's just like in his robes with sandals and a lot of ornate. I mean, I don't know. His name funny. is, God's name is apparently Magus. Right. Sure. No idea where people are getting a God from, but and again, another truck riff, right? Like how many truck episodes were them meeting God or some mm-hmm. godlike creature, right? Oh, Star Trek Five was that. Star Trek One was that. And one, yeah, yeah, one was that. You know, they even I, had and like, several episodes of the show were that. Though. Right. The episode with Trelane was like that. <laughs> the episode, um, the uh, the Tholian Web was like that. Uh, when you know, one thing, you know, when they. It's always God is always like a child or a charlatan mm-hmm. or a computer, you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in a way, that's what Prometheus was about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying if it's, it's the, it's, but yeah, it's a uh, Trek thing. The yeah. Finger, the finger of Freiburger once again uh, looms over this production. So, yeah. The man's quite, yeah. Well, yeah, I gotta go find God. Why? Because, because, because we're in space. That's where God is. Yeah. That's where he goes. Way deep in space. Oh, that's why he doesn't come to Earth ever or do anything or stop pandemics or disease or murder. You know, he's just he's too deep into space. He's wearing he's wearing he's out in space wearing these purple space robes (laughs) hanging out. That mustache. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So he materializes in command center and tells the Alphans that they need to not need not bow down and adore him. Uh, Koenig tells him that it's not their style. And after trying to convince Kodig that he is who he claims he is, he destroys an eagle when Kodig's flippant remarks push him too far. Oh. So first, he's like offering like food and stuff, and he like well, he makes creates, instant catering. He makes he instant catering, space but, babes with wine. Yeah, first he makes a giant banquet table out of nothing. Boom, 
Yeah. And before anybody can get anything to eat off of it, it disappears. Then he brings out scantily clad waitresses. Yeah. With wine, you know. And is it and they're gone. We're we're a bit low on sacrificial ghosts. Stuff yeah. like that, that line. And uh yeah, then he's like, you know what? Fuck you, I'm destroying an eagle. It's like, whoa, dick move, God. They finally pay attention to him then though. Yeah, yeah. So he materialized uh where was I at? I'm gonna read stuff along. So Conan asks what he wants, and Magus says he wants to give them a second chance. Now, on a new Earth, he picks a reconnaissance team for them to investigate the planet, consisting of Koenig, Russell, <laughs> Tony, and Maya. What a surprise. Whoa. Who knew? Who knew? I thought, all of thought uh, you know, Victor Bergman would roll out of the back. Hey, wait, I'm going on this one. Yeah, what, what's where's Fraser? Like, where is he coming? No? No, Alan? No. Uh, the girl at the control center, like, or the that sits and hits buttons and tells them things about she, what she's pressing. Take her. Sure. So, Matt, yeah, Koenig balks at this, but he said, "Hey, that team or none at all." And Koenig says, "Okay," but he insists they take an eagle. Uh, when Magus offers to transport them off the planet, Magus concedes. They uh, then transports the entire eagle to the planet rather than wait to fly there because that's uh, taking that eagle is key for later. I'll say that. Yeah. Very key. Chekhov's eagle. It is Chekhov's eagle. Uh, Kodak tries to contact Alpha, but cannot. And Magus suggests that his method of transporting them may have disrupted their communications, and that will come back later. So they disembark to uh-huh. investigate the planet. All the readings suggest that it's perfect for them, but Koenig wants to bring more people down to conduct a feasibility study, and Magus tells him that nobody will be joining them. Okay, this is it- where we go to Cringeville. Yeah, this is they, where this episode goes to cringe town. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, they are to be his new Adams and Eves. Koenig pulls his stun gun on Magus, who transports it away and fires at himself to to make him seem more powerful. But yeah, that's uh, leadership didn't plan for that when he uh, they went to scout the planet, no. did they? Hmm? No, Oops. but the funny you haven't gotten to the funniest part yet about uh, who he's shipping, like. Instead of the obvious choice here, which would be to ship Tony and Maya and to ship Koenig and Helena. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Nope. Got a little Bob, Carol, Ted, and Alice situation going on here. Yes. Shipping Helena and Tony and Koenig and Maya, right? Yep. And he and- leaves. Oh, I'm sorry. And the sun goes down. And then all of a sudden, everything's shot through cheesecloth. Yeah. Like, did you notice how the soft yeah, it of the got really focus soft. Got? Yeah, it got really and soft. Like, and they're just, like, instantly horny. <laughs> like, they start oh, with yeah. a philosophical discussion, and then they're just, like, they have magnetic fields, so they can't touch other than the one that they're supposed to touch. And then they start talking, like, Maya and Koenig start off with this philosophical discussion, and then they end up, like, having a makeout session. A lot and, happened when she was a mouse in his pocket, okay? That was... Hey now. Uh, nice, no, nice callback, by the way. I will say though, this season, if they wanted to, they have paired off Koenig and Maya a lot on side quests. So, like, I don't know. I'm not saying it's natural. I'm just saying, like, oh, okay. But there was that one episode here. with Tony and Helena that were on the ship alone together. So maybe right. the God Magus is paying attention to those things. I don't know. I just gotta say, I love soundstage fires too. Oh yeah. You see a campfire on a soundstage, it just has that certain look. It's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. But it's just so weird. Um, 
like this is the funniest part. Like they're being bombarded by horny rays or something, right? Right. And then and then Katie and Meyer get close, and then Katie says, "I can't fight City Hall forever." Right. <laughs> and that makes out with her. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's the best you got. I can't fight City Hall forever. Oh, oh Katie, you see the sweetest things. There's also when they, if they touch the the person they're not supposed to be with, they'll shock mm. each other. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, but this whole sequence was like the the soft focus and like them just being like pairing off and being incredibly horny mm-hmm. for one another. It was just so weird and cringy. I'm just like, well, Magnus, I, I circled my notes he, here. I'm I know, just like this whole he, sequence underlined. You know. Yeah, Maga Magus is like, I know all about love. I invented it. Right. Followed by the most cringy stuff we've ever seen. <laughs> I meant to uh, do that. They get like, is this where, did, before they, the nighttime happens, is this where Magus was like, hey, so this is cool here, but don't go here and don't go oh, here. Right. Oh, look at you, motherfucker. Look at you, motherfucker, making boundaries again, God. Yeah. Why you got to do that? Why you got to do that? I guess, you know. God's got a God, man. You know. Yeah, I guess so. So when they are in the, the, cheesecloth camera stuff and they're all like oh yeah let's get this going there's creatures that come fighting yeah like, nearby and i was like okay and it's a space gorilla versus a guy covered in fabric intestines yeah yeah it's a disfigured <laughs> humanoid and an ape creature and sensing their presence it turns and moves to attack them and codex stuns it and falls into the bush oh and mine turns into a slee stack yeah, like from Land of the Lost, she turns into like this weird, like lizard dude. It's this like hill person thing. Yeah, it was wild. It was cool. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it sure cut, cut a, cut a knife right through that Moonbase Alpha couple swapping session. This fight, <laughs> pour some cold water on that situation. Yeah, but then they get hit. The Mega shows up and hits them with lightning. <laughs> Right. Like, boom! Go back to your area or I'll shock you with a lightning bolt. Boom! Yeah, God is like a floating sky head with, that shoots lasers from his eyes. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Okay, that's a God I can get behind, right? You know, like, all right. So Helena heads toward the cave, uh, this, uh, this, the smaller retreated to, and an ape beast emerges from the bush to grab her. Maya, that's by a transfer of the creature, the rescuer we were talking about. They decide to search the cave to see if they can figure out what's going on. But before they can enter, that's when Maga is like angry in the sky. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to get ahead of everything. Yeah. So so I wanted to mention mention the cave. So the next morning, he appears as they wake. Uh, They ask why he reacted. He did. And he tells them that he was only trying to protect them. He erects a force field in order to enforce his wishes, which John experiences firsthand. Uh, while the others ask Magus what he's trying to hide, Maya moves behind him with a medical scanner. And when he leaves, she tells super the others. Super not subtle. Super not subtle about super it not at subtle. all. No. So she tells the others that Magus has an implant, which is the source of his powers, proving he is not is no super being. And Koenig learns that the force field is limited, has a limited height. And Maya turns into an owl to look for a way out of the glade. And they uh, cut to they cut to Alan a few times during the sequence too, trying yes. to get an eagle off the ground. He and it's just, just him. can't take do it off. I'm shattering in an eagle cockpit, vibrating very hard. Cannot take I'm off. Trying to get 
get out of here. Magus like has a hold on, can't can't get him down, can't get it up off the ground. So this, along with holding New Earth together against the pull of this proportionally large moon generating the force field and other jobs taxing his powers, almost proves too much. He catches Maya in Al form, but lets her go, not realizing it was her. And she returns to the others, having found footprints that lead to a cave that was recently sealed with rocks. And they blast away in the cave. They enter the cave, and there's the. They're met by giant lizards. It's the uh, same cave we've seen in every other episode. They right. The cave too. It's the exact it's, same cave set. And there are okay. he, there are Gila monsters in there, shot to look like they're much much bigger, yeah. like a fifties uh, monster movie or something, like a Bird Eye Gordon fifties mm-hmm. uh, drive-in movie. It's like, oh my god, look at the giant lizard! And it's just a Gila monster shot close up. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and uh, they're easily like. Stunned, and when Kodak moves ahead, he's attacked by a mutant. Uh, they saw fighting the ape creature when he throws the Lint, attacker the off. Man. Yes, when he throws his attacker off, the, he grabs his, uh, his stun gun, pleads for him to shoot it. Uh, it explains that Magus, in seeking the secret of creation, has only managed to create mutants and won't even let them die because he feels he can learn from his mistakes. And it points out. Uh, the way out of the glade through the caves. When the four exit the caves, Tony gets stunned by Magus. And I'm like, oh, is he dead? Is it? Nope. Nope. Not Tony. Oh well, we thought we thought maybe, huh? The part that didn't get me is like this guy's like, I I am essentially immortal against my will. I've done nothing but suffer for eons. Please kill me, put me out of my misery, and they leave him there. They're right. Like, Bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Yep. All but, right. But I guess he's the kid. I mean, this isn't the first time he's done this and brought people here to try to mate. And because the planet's so weird, he's the mutant kid of the last time he tried this. And that's why he's all covered in lint mm-hmm. and stuff. So makes sense, right? Oh, it's science. So uh when that old saw a tale as <laughs> old as time. <laughs> When confronted about the mutants, Magus explains that he cannot solve the mystery of creation alone, and he wants their offspring to help him. And he like he threatens to destroy Alpha if they do not agree. And then like he's like, "I am, I as um Simon Magus. I have been known by many names. Nostradamus. Oh, okay. Yes, I've been known by many names. I believed him. I believed him more that he that he was God that than that he was Nostradamus." Right, yes. <laughs> or Merlin. Because they were like, yeah, or Merlin. Because they're like, they start the episode, oh, I'm God. I'm like, oh, okay, science fiction God, whatever. But there's no way, dude. I'm sorry, you weren't Merlin. <laughs> Come on. I don't believe that. That's too much. John agrees to think about it. Magus says that they can discuss it in the morning and leaves. John suspects that Magus doesn't like the dark. So Maya suggests <gasps> that the, imp- the implant she detected might be a light decelerator capable of converting light oh, into almost unlimited power supply directed by thought. So, Koenig says they have to find a way to keep the light away from Magus. So, while he's on the far side of the planet, they <laughs> dig a hole, they make blinds out oh of God. vegetation, and when the morning comes, Magus returns and asks if they agree to his terms. Koenig tells him uh, they have terms that he must meet before they agree. No more experimentation on the mutants. And he's outraged at the arrogance of the humans. And Koenig replies that they're all shocked at the horror of his deeds and furious, he's like marched forward to the trap and they, they cover up. Is okay, this where okay, he's like okay. shoot, shooting shit a bunch? Stop. Hold, on, hold on, stop, stop, stop. I'm sorry. First of all, they make this giant asshole 
It's huge. It's way mm-hmm. bigger than a person. And they cover it with all these. It looks it's so obvious. And none it's of like, them are dirty. Oh, none of them are dirty. A child. And none of them are dirty at all. There's they don't, there's not a shovel between them, right? <laughs> right. And like, and and I'm just like a child would know not to walk on that. You know what I mean? Right. A dog, a dog would see that and be like, "Oh, that's not safe. I'll walk around it." Oh, it's but super here is, you obvious. Know, yeah. Merlin Nostradamus Simon Magus guy just strolls right onto it, right? Right. <laughs> it's like whoops. And this is the part where he finger bangs Alpha. He like makes finger guns. Yeah, yeah. Literally, I was getting a whole literally big... like makes finger guns and shoots Alpha through TV in the sky. Right. It's great. <laughs> I was getting like Tim the Enchanter vibes from him doing that. Absolutely. But he makes a little TV screen in the sky with Alpha on it, and then he's finger banging it. Yes. <laughs> and so he's like a solar powered god. Like, is that I, basically? Uh, yes. And when he, he, so he like, I suppose so. He falls into this thing, and I think, I, did I hear him say, he's like, oh, he's like, it's black as pitch. Yes, he did. He did say that. Who wrote that? (laughs) Like, oh my god! And he's, oh, just the whole the the whole way they get, uh, they, oh my god, this whole sequence is just insane. I'm sorry, it just really was. Yeah, when they cover it up, he tells them that they will all die without him if he can't hold the planet together. So it starts to break up, right? And their eagle reappears. It immediately becomes the land of Dairy Queen. And before right. they leave, and before they leave, they run into Lint Guy again. Yep. And and he's like, they're like, come with us. He's like, no, leave me here. Let me die again. And he goes, this yeah. is the best thing for us. Yes. Yes, it's the best thing for us. Just let us die. It's a really badly delivered line, too. He's like, no, no, yeah. this is the best <laughs> <No>. thing for us. <laughs> Oh my um, god, this episode was great. They 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 were the mutants choose to remain, and Koenig returns to the eagle and lifts off as the ground opens beneath it. Their eagle barely gets out of range as New Earth explodes. Koenig ponders the possibilities of Magus surviving it. A shaft, if a shaft of light had gotten to him as the planet broke up, Tony thinks this is <laughs> quite a long shot, but wouldn't bet against him. Magus will be back in Eden and Eden again. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Woo. Oh, we got oh, another yes. Star Trek riff. Uh, right. And another episode one. where some per- some new alien weirdo comes to the uh, the uh, moon base. and I can offer you a planet. Oh, but no. the whole episode. It's a perfect no, but planet to live on. with Tony. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you could be the new Eve and Adam, but it has to be Tony. Tony. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Oh, this is yeah. This is yeah. this is this is fun. This was a a, a a a joyous episode. It was great. It was hilarious. Good camp. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was just like so many weird moving parts going on. The whole, like I said, the whole soft focus, uh, horny ray situation was hilarious. The resolution was hilarious. The even the little scenes with Alan just kind of sitting alone in the cockpit trying to get. You know, his imaginary uh, um, spaceship off the ground were hilarious. So right, yeah. It's yeah. just all all around just a solid, funny yeah. episode for me. Good goofballing, yeah. Uh, agreed, agreed. Um, but that'll do it for another Moon Buggy adventure. In the meantime, Jim, where can people find you? 
Well, every week I join my compatriots, uh, comedian Donnie Salvo and uh, podcaster extreme uh, Daryl Taylor, and we cover the week's worth of entertainment and movie news and TV news at uh, Nothing's On uh, podcast. You can uh, get us on Amazon Alexa. You just say, hey, Alexa, play Nothing's On podcast, and she'll do it. It's great. I've tried it. It works. Uh, or you can catch us at the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com or on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere you get your podcast. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Also, um, you can catch out uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast. We are covering right now Fear of the Walking Dead with Lenny James and Keith Carradine. It's actually been a really, really improved show. Um, I definitely give it the most improved show uh, award for 2021. And, and uh, also uh, Walking Dead World Beyond, which is wrapping up a big finale right now. Now we're just going to lead right into the Rick Grimes movie. So you can catch that out at HHW. Check that out at HHWLOD.com. All right. Hashtag alpha double date night. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brand4KVC, written work at whysoblue.com. There's more from the Brandon Peters show this week. But until then, alpha out. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters show is a creative zombie studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.